I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. We're going to continue our study on the art of intercession. Catherine Kuhlman once said, The greatest power given to any individual is the power of prayer. Leroy Brownlow once said, Let us not neglect prayer just because we do not fully comprehend the infinite power of the God at whose throne we kneel. I do not know everything about gravity, but I know it works. Prayer works. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. But why does prayer open up the door for God to work? We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about three simple foundations about prayer. Number one, simple foundation. Number one, you have to ask. You have to ask. And I'm going to clarify as we move on why we need to ask. John Wesley once said, It seems like God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. I hear oftentimes people say, you know, that God is running everything, that God is in control, and, and that God, uh, that hurricanes are in some insurance policies, an act of God, and just that God is this God that just has everything under control. And I'm going to show you in the Bible that God does not have any, everything under control, that God is not running everything. Um, if he was running everything, then we wouldn't have murders and terrorism and pain and heartache and, and, and miscarriages and kids who are in hospitals with these terrible diseases and people dying in car accidents. If God was truly running the world, these things would not be happening. Why? Because those things are not God's character. It does not uh, speak of who God is. God is good, then he's good all the time. One scripture on this subject, 2 Peter 3 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, which are in the word of God, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that's God's heart. Well, who then is running everything? Well, let's find out. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Who's running everything? Look here at this scripture. And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. Notice that the scripture says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Who had dominion? Did God have dominion? 
No. God said to Adam and Eve, I'm giving you dominion. Let them have dominion. This is a very important principle when it comes to prayer that we've got to lay straight out. He said, let them have dominion. So Adam and Eve, in a sense, were the gods of the world. Are you listening? That word dominion means rada, or not, that's the Hebrew word. It's rada, and it means to tread, to rule, to have dominion, to dominate. The English definition is rule or authority. So God said to man, he said, I'm going to give them dominion over the works of my hands. He didn't say, I'm going to dominate you, did he? Adam originally had dominion upon this earth and in the world. In a sense, Adam was the god of this world. But Satan came, as we all know, and maybe you don't know, but go into your Bible and study these things out for yourself. Satan came, he lied to Adam and Eve, and did cause Adam and Eve to do what I would call high treason. So Adam and Eve sold out to the devil and turned this world over to the devil. And that's when God lost um, his connection with man and the dominion was transferred to Satan. And I could prove this to you in the scripture. The Bible says in Luke 4, 6, when the enemy, the devil, came to Jesus in a legit, true temptation, right? It was a legit temptation. He said to Jesus, the devil said to him, all authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. So Adam and Eve had the dominion, and here he gave it over to Satan. I'm going to give you another scripture. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, we're talking about why we have to ask. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So here we have another scripture where the, the apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church, that Satan is the god of this world. He was given dominion. God cannot legally and justly move and take away that dominion from the devil. He can't do it. The devil has dominion here. He has a right. He has Adam's lease, so to speak, and God cannot do anything here unless somebody here asks him to do it. So it's not que sera, sera, wherever will be, will be. God is not in control of everything. So if some people say, well, you know, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, it, you know, these things just happen and it must just be meant to be. No, not anything. The Bible says that the thief comes but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. Anything that kills, steals, and destroys is not of God. Jesus came, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. So there's the dividing line. 
So Satan is the God of this world. Here's another scripture. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's why we said before, it's very important that we stick with the Bible. We find out what the Bible has to say about prayer so that when we have a, a good foundation in the word of God, we will have results in our prayers. This is not what you think. This is how it is in the Bible. It's not what I think or my opinion. It's what does the Bible say about prayer? And that's why so many people are so discouraged because they're not getting results in prayer. And they're getting discouraged and they're giving up and they're fainting. That's why Jesus said men ought to always faint, not men ought to always pray and not faint. But people are fainting because they're not seeing results. And it's because we haven't understood the necessity of prayer and why we need to pray. Here, 1 John 5:19 says, We know that we are of God. We know that, right? As born-again believers, we know that we're of God. We know whom we have believed. We know he is our God. He is our Lord. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now, I'm not being negative here. I'm telling you the truth. The whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. But what happened is, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, Jesus came to the earth as an intercessor. He bridged the gap between God and sinful man, and he took back the dominion and the authority, and he gave it back to the church. So now you and I, as New Testament believers, washed in the blood of the Lamb, now we have been given dominion, we have been given the authority, not in our own selves, but because of what Jesus did in his death, his burial, and resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47, Jesus is the second Adam. And it says in the scripture, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, which is speaking of Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. So what was lost in Adam, listen to me now, was restored in Jesus. Are you listening? It's not que sera, sera. No, you have dominion and authority. You need to take your place. We need to pray. We need to ask. And it's not laying, listen, I'm going to be straight up. It's not laying on a floor, you know, and just soaking in the presence of God. Although that's good. And we need to soak in the presence of God to be prophetic people. But I believe what God is calling the church to do is he's calling us to advance. There's, there's a time of camping and there's a time of advancing. I believe this time of camping, I mean, we didn't totally camp, but we were somewhat in a posture of camping. God taught us about being prophetic. He taught us how to use our gifts. But it's time now for us to stand up on our feet as that great and mighty army. And it's time for us to take the land that is legally ours. It's time for us to advance. We know who we are in Christ through the Word of Faith movement. We know about faith through the faith movement. We know about being a prophetic people, and we know how to stir up the gifts of God. I remember Brother Hagin saying that when you get the Spirit and the Word, and you put them into agreement, and he said there'll be a mighty explosion of God's power. And I believe that's what we have in the time and the season we live, and we have the prophetic and the Spirit, and then you've got the foundation of the Word. Put those two together, and you talk about an exceeding great army rising up and being what God has called us to do. 
but everything begins in prayer. We can advance in the spirit in prayer. We can do it first in the spirit, and all the natural will line up, and we're going to talk more about that. So, so Jesus was the second Adam. Now, he said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, are you ready? And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority, all authority, it's been restored. It's been given back to me. The Bible says that Jesus, he, he went into the lower parts of the earth, and he spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of him openly. He triumphed over him. The Bible says that Jesus took back the keys of hell, death, and the grave. And now he's saying in this verse, verse scripture, he's saying, now all this authority has been given to me. I, I, I rule the devil. I destroyed him. Every place the sole of your foot now that you tread upon, I've given it to you. The devil is under now your feet through Jesus Christ, through the complete work of the cross, and through what Jesus did in the plan of redemption. I don't know about you, but it's making me really excited. So this is why we need to understand, why do we need to pray? You need to pray because now, as, as, as believers, you are now the one that's in authority. When you pray, like we said it before, prayer opens up the door for God to work. So Satan legally is the God of this world, but when you pray, you're releasing all the authority and all the dominion that Jesus bought and paid for for you and I. You're releasing it on the earth, and it destroys the works of darkness. This is why I truly believe, this, especially the word of intercession, needs to go forth. This is a time for the church to arise. It's a time for the church to shine. It's a time for the church to advance. So, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. And then he said, what did he say? You know what he said. Many of you know your Bibles. He said, in my name, cast out devils. In my name, lay hands on the sick. In my name, do these things. The Bible says that those that know their God will be strong and do exploits for him. We can do exploits now on this earth because Jesus Christ has now given us back the dominion and the rule. And this makes me very excited. So we have to ask. We have to ask. In order for God to do what he wants to do in the earth, men have to ask him. We have to ask. Very quickly, and then I'll drop the subject. I was on the phone with a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, and, 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 and I understand what he's saying. I understand. He said he doesn't really ask God for anything anymore. I said, you don't ask God for anything. What do you mean? He said, well, I just, I just operate in favor, and, and, and I understand the principles of grace, and I know that I have the grace of God and the favor of God, and I just thank him, and then I just release what's already mine. And there's truth to that. But where does asking come in? The Bible's very clear that we have not because we ask not. I understand there comes a time in our walk with God, and I understand that where you, you know, you're so flowing in, 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 in love, and you're flowing in your calling, and you're flowing in the things that, of his word and his kingdom, and things just automatically come to you, right? Doesn't the Bible say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you? I understand that. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask. 
We have to ask. James 4.2 says, we have not because we ask not. We have to ask. Matthew 6.8 says, therefore do not be like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. Matthew 7.11 says, if you then being evil or natural parents is what he's talking about in the scripture, know how to give good gifts to your children. Mommy, 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 mommy. Can I have this? Can I have that? Mommy, 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 mommy. I need to work out clothes. Mommy, mommy, mommy. I need your sneakers. Mommy, 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 mommy. You know the mommy thing, right? The parent thing. You want your kids to have and they ask and then, you know, they're, if they have enough, then you say no. <laughs> but the beauty of it is he, God's saying, listen, I know how you are as parents. You want your kids to be, you know, to, to have the best of everything. And you want your kids to have the best education. And you want your kids to, to, to feel good. He says, if you then, being evil or natural parents, have that kind of a heart to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who what? Who ask him? Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you, if two of you will agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. Luke 11, 11. I'm just going to keep giving you scriptures. I told you I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures in these teachings because I believe what we need to do is we need to give people the word of God because it's the word of God that is going to convince people, not my words, that the things that we're teaching about prayer are true. Luke 11, 11 says, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a, if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If you then, being evil, here we go, natural parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, in this instance, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? John 14, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give it you. John 16, 33, 23. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So when you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, that's when you're releasing the dominion of what Jesus did on the earth. It's asking the Father in the name of Jesus. We have the promise of the rain coming to the earth in Isaiah 44, 3. Right? God said, I will pour water on those that are thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I'm going to do this. But then he goes on to say in Zechariah 10.1, what does he say? Ask for the rain. Ask for it. In the time of the latter rain, and I will send the bright clouds. Ruth Bell Graham said, God has decreed to act in response to prayer. Ask, he commands us, and Satan trembles for fear that we will. Are you listening? Ian Bounds said, if prayer puts God to work on earth, 
then by the same token, prayerlessness rules God, rules God out of the world's affairs and prevents him from working. So we have to ask, man is God's avenue into the earth because of the finished work of the cross. We have to ask. Number two, the foundation number two. This one I love. I actually want to write a book about this for children. And I want the title to be, Does God Hear Me When I Pray? And I want it to be a little boy or a little girl sitting in the backyard, looking up into the sky, talking to God, and wondering, does God hear me when I pray? Listen, the second foundation, and, and this may seem trivial, but it's really not. When you pray, God hears you when you pray. You can pray in a whisper, you can pray in a cry, you can pray in a think, you can pray out loud, you could pray anytime you, you posture yourself before him, he hears you when you pray. Exodus 2.23 said, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. And their cry, or their prayer, came up to God because of the bondage. Remember we said in our last teaching that when you pray, your prayers go up before the throne of God and they're like an incense? When you pray, your prayers go up and they're like an incense and the Father hears you. So God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob and looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Now, it says in the scriptures that you and I in the New Testament are under a better covenant based upon better promises. And if God heard the, the groaning of the children of Israel and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how much more under the New Testament when we pray will God hear us when we pray? And he desires to answer our prayers. And let me just tell you how it works. This is what happens. You'll pray about something, and you ask, and you believe, and then the enemy comes and says, God doesn't hear you when you pray. God doesn't hear you when you pray. God doesn't hear you when you pray. God doesn't hear you. God doesn't hear you. God doesn't hear you. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't hear you. He doesn't care. He doesn't hear you. He doesn't hear you. Yes, let me tell you something. When I started getting warfare like that, I realized a long time ago, believe the very opposite of what is being bombarded at my mind. Find the scripture so I can even prove that what's coming to my mind is a lie. God hears you when you pray. Oftentimes when we pray, especially when we start to talk about the prayer of intercession, we'll be entering into the prayer of intercession for a particular person, need, nation, church, pastor, whatever we're praying for. And just before that prayer request is about to manifest, people give up because of the warfare or the heaviness or, or, or they just start talking negative, negatively. And that negative talking just abolishes all the prayers you made in that place. So God hears you when you pray. Let's go on. I could read so many scriptures. There's so many. But let's read one from Psalm 66, verse 19 through 20. If you just Google, does God hear me when I pray? And you will find so many scriptures in the word of God. Psalm 66, 19 through 20. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Those are the, that's the one time that if, if you have iniquity in your heart, or if you're a husband that's not treating your wife right, or you're a wife that's not treating your husband right, your prayers will be hindered. That's just the Bible, right? If we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. 
As a matter of fact, it says in Mark 11, 23, that when you pray, believe you receive it. But before you do that, if you've got ought against your brother, go to him, ask for forgiveness, and then go and get what you asked and petitioned for. So forgiveness and, and having a clean and pure heart plays into the kind of prayer fruit that you will experience. So I would encourage you at times and seasons in your life, sometimes you just got to check your heart and make sure everything's clear. Okay? But he says here, but certainly God has heard me. He has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. And a very, uh, very popular scripture, 2 Chronicles 7, 12, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayers and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Then he goes on to say, if I shut up the heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, what does he say? He says, I will hear from heaven. Your prayers will go up before the throne of God as a sweet incense. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin. I will heal your land because that's my desire. That's my dream. And that's my wish. I just need you to turn to me. I just need you to call unto me. And I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things. I want you to pray to me so that I could do what I desire to do in your land. Um, listen to this one, Proverbs 15, 29. Are you enjoying this? Yes. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. So when you pray, God hears you when you pray. Now, John eleven forty one. Then they took the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. Now listen. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now, as a New Testament believer, I want you to think about it like this. When you pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus said, when you pray in my name, I will be there to back it up, amplified. When you pray in the name of Jesus to the Father, your prayer goes into the hands of Jesus, and, and he is our high priest, our intercessors. It's presented before the throne of God. And if Jesus said to his Father, Father, I just thank you that you hear me, and you hear me always when I pray, that means he hears you always when you pray always god is not deaf god doesn't have a deaf ear god hears you when you pray and then the scripture says in first john 5 14 now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know we have the petition we desire of him. You can know that you know that you know. Our last foundation is when you pray, God answers you. One scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. When you call unto God, you're not going to get a voicemail. You're not going to get a busy signal. You're going to get his, he said, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive unto your prayers and I will answer your prayers. So we're going to close with that. I want to encourage you to get my book marked for intercession. 
There's 26 chapters on specifically one prayer, the prayer of intercession. Just go to my website at margieflorent.org. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.